The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN. Receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Mark Bamford here in Newcastle, England, and joining me to take you through all our MLB picks and all sorts of other shenanigans uh, from Houston, Texas, is Munaf Manji. Good evening slash afternoon, Munaf. How are you? Good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, you've been, uh, <laughs> you've been uh, switching... <laughs> I'll let you tell the story, but I'm doing well. How's it going? Switching well. I've had a busy couple of hours. As I've, first of all, uh, I've eaten quite a lot of cheese. Um, okay. Now, you say, a parmesan, I ate a block of parmesan cheese like it was an apple, which I messaged you because yeah. I'm an odd fella. Um, but I don't know where the cheese finishes and where that outside stuff, is that cheese or is that something else? You know, when it gets to the end and it's like, it's like that. Yeah. Is that cheese? Uh, I'm not sure. I would have no, to, have to. I'm not sure. I sucked it for ages. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it tasted kind of, anyway, I'm not going down there. Um, secondly, um, in a bid to ingratiate myself with all the American uh, listeners, you may notice, Munaf, I've got my Bigfoot hat on. I've just oh, bought a Bigfoot yeah. hat. Look at that. Very nice. And all you Americans, this is what you wear, isn't it? Bigfoot yeah, hat. Yeah, I didn't and, notice that. Yeah, so I've got the I've got the sky with a few birds. I've got the trees and the sun coming up, and then over here is Bigfoot disappearing off into the trees. <laughs> so that's that's a thing. And then uh, you just laugh at the fact that I said the whole family are now watching Love Island through there. Um, we normally record, and I normally get in my lazy chair. But um, what was now one eleven-year-old daughter's fascination with Love Island has now turned into a whole family thing, um, including my nine-year-old son who's just been sitting there with his eyes on stalks uh, <laughs> and all the girls in the bikinis where I've got bigger handkerchiefs in my top drawer. So uh, I've just shot him up to bed before he gets any ideas. So yeah, a uh, good couple of hours for me. Cheese, Bigfoot, hat, Love Island. More entertaining than I have been. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I thrive on these stories every time we get on for you because your life is definitely a lot more interesting than mine. Mate, if all we've got is cheese and a new hat, then uh, <laughs> sad times all around. And, um, and there's been some... Uh, there's been some day games today as well, just catching up. Um, do you want to talk about the Red Sox, Munaf? Do you want to go first? I mean, we normally we normally take a timestamp on the first Red Sox mention, uh, but we can go first minute tonight if you want. Yeah, do I have to? I mean, uh, I mean, where do I start? I, I think the offense has been really, really struggling since the All-Star break, right? I think we mentioned this last week with this team. I mean, for them to drop two out of three against the Detroit Tigers when you're in a Huge AL East race with the uh, Rays now leading it. And the Yankees are starting to play better. But, um, yeah, this is not the time for them to start slumping. But um, 
hopefully this offense is able to turn around. I mean, this is what four straight games in the past four games. They've only scored six runs and, and what this offense is capable of. And we've seen all season um, they've been struggling. And again, we only scored one run tonight. So uh, hopefully they can turn around soon because it's, we're kind of going to start getting down to the wire here. And I know they have some big games coming up also. So uh, big series this weekend against the blue Jays where definitely they're going to need to uh, need to score runs for sure. Yeah, we've got quite a lot of uh, Red Sox chat coming up tonight. I know the future in a couple of the picks, and we're going to talk about the AL wild card as well as our as our discussion later on. So, a lot of them um, Red Sox to come. Um, picks for last week, I think we kind of did all right, Moon. After we uh, we had a couple of couple of decent nights, we'll start with Scott. We'll get his out the way. Yep. Um, he actually, um, his lock was on Tuesday night. He took. The Athletics on the money line against the Padres. Uh, Sean and I have Blake Snell, which was a perfectly reasonable uh, pick. And then Blake Snell, as you've put on the show notes, turned back the clock. Five innings pitched, yeah. one run on six hits. Um, and Snell got that done for the Padres there. It was, uh, I mean, it's been frustrating watching Snell. There's quite a few pitches of frustrating me, and uh, none more so than Blake Snell. He's just such a fiddly, seems to be such a fiddly pitcher. And the results uh, always walk in an absolute tightrope uh, between catastrophe uh, and sneaking a win. Yeah, I mean, who would have saw this coming? I mean, like you mentioned, this has been uh, – that's tough. That's a tough loss to take, especially how bad with uh, – how bad Blake Snell has been pretty much all season long. I mean, he hasn't really panned out the way the Padres would have thought when they picked him up for the Rays. I mean, uh, his ERA and his home road splits were just abysmal and – for unfortunate for Scott, he picks the time where Scott picks him to go out and throw a, a great, uh, great outing, especially on the road, man. That that's that's the that's the that's a big head scratcher for me. But uh, you know, every dog has his day, I guess, as they say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Scott's dog uh, segues kind of quite smoothly into my luck because he ended up on the reverse side, um, the wrong side. He took uh, John Lester on debut for the Nationals, uh, for the Cardinals, sorry, from the yeah. Nationals, um, against Max Fried and the Braves, which uh, which lost. But that was my luck. So on a Tuesday night, um, the Braves money line over the Cardinals. I took Max Fried. Um, I knew he'd been pitching well. His peripherals were better than his results had suggested. Um, and the Braves put a five spot up in the first, which always helps. Um, but it turns out Matt Fried didn't need that much help, actually. Um he had a great outing uh, and the Braves ended up winning that one really comfortably. Um, also, quite flippantly, threw out Freddie Freeman. Uh, I said he'd go four for four with a homer. Uh, he went three for four with a homer. So I was uh, spelling myself a little bit then. And uh, yeah, it was about time. I was, I, was due, I was due a good one, a, a bloodless victory. And that was one. And they also backed it up where, with a nice, uh, a nice win as well, which was... Um, Back on the Red Sox, we off, unfortunately. It was Willie Peralta and the Tigers uh, on the money line against Garrett Richards and the Red Sox on Tuesday. Uh, Peralta was good. The Red Sox got ahead. Um, and uh, Dozier, I think, hit a homer in the second inning. They got 2-0 up. But then, I tell you what, I enjoyed this game. And the the you could see where where Richards has got a problem. You could see where the Red Sox have a problem with him and how the Tigers had worked him out. I think um, 
opposing batters on first pitches and one and all counts are hitting over 400 against Garrett Richards. So that's where you needed to get him. Now, if Richards had, there was, um, if he got ahead, or oh, there was no runners on, Richards was kind of pitching backwards. So he could go to all his soft stuff. Uh, he was throwing first pitch curves and sliders and all sorts. Um, as soon as Detroit got a runner on, Mm-hmm. Richards couldn't really do that because he couldn't risk those big, those big and pass balls, balls in the dirt, advancing the runners. So then he kind of had to start pitching forwards and the Tigers were all over him after that. I think they loaded the bases and scored one run, which was a bit disappointing, yeah. uh, but they crept back into the game. Um, Cabrera hit a homer. Cabrera, during that game, he'd um, an absolute little renaissance, little mini renaissance. Um, he'd 60 pitches without a swing and a miss, which is a remarkable effort. Um, And then as that game had carried on, that was a five-pitch at bat he hit a home run on. Then he doubled later on. So he was just piling these pitches up without a swing and a miss. Um, And eventually the Tigers got ahead 4-2 and stayed there. Uh, So the... uh, Yeah, I went went two for two. It was a nice... Uh, the the dog wasn't a huge price, but it was big enough. Um, I think the lock was round about minus one sixteen, and the dog round about plus one twenty. Um, so yeah, a couple of nice picks there. Um, Moonaf, you went one for one, but you got the fancy one right, which puts you in profit. So happy with that? Uh, no, I think I lost a little bit because uh, I think as soon as the lines came out the next morning, I'd messaged you that I can't believe I just backed Michael Walker being a minus two hundred favorite. Against the Mariners, I thought the spot would have been, you know, I, I thought that the, the was a good spot for the Rays. I had put in my handicap with the Mariners coming off a um, series against the Texas Rangers and then having to travel down to St. Petersburg and take on the Rays. But, um, you know, my thought process would have been that the Michael Walker would have been a round of like a minus 160, minus 150 favorite. But this got, you know, steamed all the way up to minus 200. And, you know, I was... I was a lot of, uh, I was a bit of a head scratcher for me. And, um, you know, it didn't pan out the way I thought it would have, um, you know, but got to give credit to the Mariners for getting to, to, uh, Michael Walker in that game. Uh, but you know, take that as a loss for me, but then my dog, uh, I was pretty confident about this one, especially with the, with where the price was coming out and that this price kept on climbing. I believe it came around like plus plus one fifty, got all the way up to like plus plus one seventy, plus one eighty in some spots. And, uh, Madison Bumgarner, you know, against his former team, the Giants, he pitched an outstanding game, seven innings pitched, gave up six hits, one earned run. And I think the Giants, sorry, the uh, Diamondbacks got the victory three to one against the Giants there. So um, a good recovery for me, at least the following uh, following night after the Rays went down as a minus 200 favorite. I think uh, in your defense, Munaf, had you seen that price, I don't think you would have put the Rays and Wacker up because the first thing, you did when you saw that was message me and say, this is too short. Uh, And I think we both agreed it's too short. And you've got, regardless of if you think a team will win or not, you can't just back them blindly at the odds. And minus 200 on Michael Wacker is too short. Um, I had a bit of a giggle because on tally side on Monday night, I went one and seven. And the Mm -hmm. only one I got right was fading your luck. I got the Mariners (laughs) right and then got everything else wrong. Um, But that wasn't just a stone cold fade of you, Munaf. That was, uh, I've I've been following the Mariners. And then the the Diamondbacks are slowly turning into uh, the the darlings of our podcast a little bit. I think uh, without giving too much of a spoiler, they might feature later on in our picks as well. Again, the D-backs. because yeah, they've been they've been much better second half as predicted, and uh, you're getting some good prices on them. The 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 books haven't really caught up with them. Um, so yeah, I think with with level stakes bets on your two, then you, you would have you would have come out ahead a little bit. So yeah, not too bad there. Um, 
They say tally side wise, went one and seven on Monday. Just got everything wrong. Uh, been fighting back since, trying to get back to back to five hundred. But it's been a it's been a fairly quiet week. Moon after, there's not been an awful lot of news. There's not been that many stellar sort of performances, wins or losses. It's just the seasons. It's it's kind of balancing out a little bit again since the All Star break. I think. Yeah, um, you know, I think I kind of just kind of go back when we were talking about, you know, like teams like the Diamondbacks and the and the Cubs and the Rockies and the the Pirates, some of those teams that aren't doing well. There, you might be able to find, you know, quote unquote value on those type of teams that back instead of having to lay that minus two hundred price because we saw like you know the Diamondbacks against the the Giants that were a plus one seventy dog won that game. Same thing with the Mariners. Um, against Michael Walker, they were around what plus one seventy, plus one sixty. So uh, it, it almost seems like just because some of these teams that had a fire sale at the trade deadline, that you may still be able to find some value um, betting on these teams uh, as big plus money dogs. But yeah, I agree with you. It's it's kind of been a slow week um, as far as you know news and notes and things. It, it feels like we're just kind of just chugging along in the season and and you know approaching kind of the the final stretch here as we kind of. Um, get ready for playoffs, but I think we still have what maybe sixty games left per team yeah. here, maybe less than that. Yeah, there's plenty of baseball left to be played. It's it's reminded me a little bit of like the start of the season. Obviously, the the Yankees brought in uh, quite a few players, and they're just settling down again. They've got to, they've got to get the little chemistry and where they're going to play, where the manager's going to put them in the batting lineup, things like that. So uh, it's almost for for probably five or six teams. They're just settling down the teams who were the busiest, and then a lot of pitchers making their debut. That's been happening over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Say we faded Carrasco back off the IL. We faded Leicester on debut. Uh, there was another pitcher and I can't for the life of me remember who it was uh, that we faded on debut so um, yeah so it's just been just been settling down a little bit but um, the in the week's news you started us off with the players of the month for July Muna yeah you know I think this is something that we should for sure mention I know we talked about betting and things like that but I think it can kind of tie into it it's, it's been a couple of guys that we've talked about on our podcast um Joey Votto for the uh, Cincinnati Reds took home the Player of the Month honors. We talked about how his you know home run streak, he was about, what, a few feet away from tying it? Yeah, uh, it was a few for, inches. It wasn't feet. It was about that much. Yeah, so about uh, a couple inches from him being in the record books, at least for how many uh, home runs he he's hit in how many games in a row. So uh, definitely, uh, sorry, definitely a guy that deserves it. And then for the American League, no surprise here, your guy, uh, Shohei Otani. I mean, this guy is just – I'm glad to see him healthy this season, really, because of just the way that things have been going for the Angels this season. But he's really been carrying uh, the Angels both, you know, on the offensive side of the ball and on the pitching-wise, right? I just saw his ERA dip below three uh, for, for for the season so far. So his MVP – I think candidacy is pretty much locked up in the American League. And then uh, pitchers quickly, uh, Walker Bueller, a guy that I've backed a couple times. He's been having a great season. Uh, he is now the betting favorite in the National League to win that Cy Young Award at plus 275. I think maybe we can talk about that later or or maybe on Sunday. But um, he's now the betting favorite. And then for the American League Pitcher of the Month, this was a surprise to me. I really didn't catch on to this. Jameson Tyone. For the uh, yeah, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't know if that was a, a typo when you yeah. put that in. Yeah, he's gotten gone clearly under my radar, but must have done okay. Yeah, for the Yankees. So the, those were your uh, players and pitchers of the months. For the month of um, July. 
Yes. Um, actually, just a little throwback to our picks as well. Uh, we had Minty um, on on Sunday and she gave us a parlay for last night and hit the post, Munaf. Um, she uh, she dunked it back off the crossbar. She gave us a Yankees on the money line who won, the Blue Jays on the money line who won, and then the Giants and D-backs overs, which I'm guessing, now I am guessing that loss because I think the game finished 8-1s or 7-1 maybe. Um, uh, let me so see here. Uh, I, think I would have thought the old... 7-1. 7-1, yeah. I thought it might have finished just half a run short. Yeah, she had mentioned uh, if it was going to be around eight and a half or nine or eight and a half, should I like that over there? So, um, you know, it's always that, as I like we say, it's always that last leg of a parlay that you fall short by, and she lost by the hook. But, um, I know she had some other picks on on her on her on her uh, Twitter feed that I was kind of uh, trolling her about, but uh, uh, all, all good things when she's a friend of the program now. Yeah, well, what we were trolling her about was a the uh, she then put out applications for which football team she was going to support oh. after I made a pathetic attempt to make it support Newcastle, Things and then you cozied off. up to her with your with your Liverpool rubbish. So she then act- she went to the game, didn't she? It was a USA. Who did nah. the beat in the Gold Cup? Mexico. The Gold Cup final, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she'd been to that game and then thought she'd get into the football and there was all sorts of people on Twitter. And I think she said she'd chosen Leicester City. What is, is that, that like nonsense? It, uh, absolute nonsense. That is nonsense. That that does put her status as friend of the show back in Jeopardy Moon after me. Uh, I think so Leicester too. City are just a nothing team. Absolute nothing team. She'll regret that. But anyway, what are you going to do? I mean, geez, we, I think we both made great pitches and I mean, you know, you, you, whatever, I'll, we'll have to reach out to her again about maybe having to reconsider, but I, I think, yeah, I think putting back into the category of her not being a friend of the program might be, uh, <laughs> might be up for debate again. Uh, another one of my picks that has gone out the window is South Korea in the Olympics. Uh, USA beat them today, 5-2, I think it was. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so the USA will take on Japan. I think you had a little bit on Japan, but um, it's the lad Casas is it Tristan Casas? I think for the US. Yes. Um, on the on the US uh, roster today, became only the sixth person to uh, medal in both the Summer and the Winter Olympics. He uh, he medaled in speed skating. I think it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a quite an impressive feat for a young man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really didn't. I, I'll be honest; I haven't really been catching, the, uh, keeping at least with the baseball portion of it. Um, but I have been seeing it on on Twitter and on ESPN about how they've been talking about uh, Team USA baseball, rightfully so. But yeah, this guy has hit what I think a couple home runs uh, in back to back games. I think they've been what both three run home runs. So uh, yeah, big big. Uh, I guess debut, you can say maybe in the Olympics as far as baseball for him. So now they're taking on Japan. I do have a plus 300 ticket on Japan to win it. Uh, might have to hedge it out, but I'll have to check the odds on what, what that is. But um, I'm actually very surprised. I'll be honest. I'm surprised to see uh U.S. in the final though. Yeah. Um, a little bit of injury news. Uh, Anthony Rendon season ending, season ending hip surgery. Um, the angels just can't, just sell it tape it all together at the right time, can they? Yeah, I mean, and I put this in our notes. It's that uh, back in May, we heard about Mike Trout being out for 60 days. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? Yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, it's tough because 
these are your your great bats, right? Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, they gave him that huge contract uh, with the Angels. Thankfully, Shohei Otani has been putting on a show for the Los Angeles Angels, but I'm just hoping, I just want to see, like, just one year having Trout healthy and having Otani healthy and having Rendon healthy because these are three of the the two, at least for sure, the best bats in the uh, American League. And then with Anthony Rendon, he's a consistent guy that can hit at a minimum 300 for you. So um, hopefully, you know, at least Trout and um, Rendon are back next season healthy and uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's just been it's been bad luck for what the Angels have been dealing with as far as injuries uh, for the past couple of years, honestly. Yeah, we need a, they need a third team to make that division a bit more competitive as well. Just right. uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons because we're around about plus 450 uh, at the start of the season and they've never really looked like uh, they were going to make waves at all in that division. Um, There's a couple of fun things caught our eye this week. The first one really did make me laugh and it was Gene Segura, yeah. uh, who is just in the batter's box, ready to take a pitch. <laughs> and somebody in the stand shouts I don't even know how they picked it up on the mics Segura what's your favourite ice cream flavour yeah and Segura without batting an eyelid uh, announces vanilla at the top of his voice and then drives it at RBI double all in the same breath uh, and that really tickled me this moon up yeah I didn't even uh, see this until you messaged me about it I mean I saw something on Twitter but I didn't pay attention to it uh, but I think that was really funny to see that in the middle of an at bat <laughs> That, that that the fan, I think it was a kid that um, screamed it out loud and then he just answers in the middle of that. And then right after that, he answers, the pitch comes and he hits a, I think it was a game time <laughs> double. So uh, <laughs> that was one of the funnier things that we see. I think we see interactions between players and uh, fans, but not really between or, or not during an at-bat, right? Um, the only disappointing thing, about that for me, he was vanilla. I mean, whose favorite ice cream oh, wow. flavor is vanilla? I mean, I, I understand he was at short notice. He probably, that might not be the actual answer. He was just shouting something out. Uh, I hope that's not the right answer because he would drop slightly in my estimations. Uh, you've got to go with something a bit fancier than vanilla though. Uh, and the second thing that made me laugh, this was just a cute thing that I saw on uh, MLB.com tonight. Um, it was a Padres fan, little girl, maybe about 10 years old. Uh, the Padres were 3-0 up on the Diamondbacks and the D-backs had two men on, so the tie run was at the plate. And she is so determinedly giving the two Arizona base runners the two-finger hex. She's got the two fingers on them in her eyes. She's got steely determination in her eyes. She's right in the front row behind the dirt and she's not letting those base runners move. And every time in between pitches, she sort of steals herself again, prepares herself. And then as the pitcher gets ready to go into his stretch, she's out with the two fingers. Now, I do this when I'm watching the horse race and this is what made me laugh. If there's a horse coming to challenge my horse, I will get up to the telly and actively make that other horse go away. Now, (laughs) you can't see what I'm moon off see what I'm doing here and yeah. I'm sort of you get away you, you two push. hands on the screen push the other horse out and that's what she she had the two fingers on the two base runners and she was holding them in place um, but it was this steely look at her eye when she's 21 uh, some boyfriend's in for a hell of a time off her um, so if you get a, if you get a chance to have a look at that uh, that was on the homepage of MLB.com uh, it was quite good fun I'll have to check um, that out I, haven't, I didn't see that but I'll check yeah, it out once it, we get off it's cute um so, Munaf, you uh, messaged me earlier on and said, why don't we have a little look at the AL wildcard tonight for something to talk about? Um, 
where do you want to start? You've you've you dragged up the numbers and the odds, and uh, what's what's the state of play? And then we can have a look at uh, who who we fancy, and are yeah. there any are there any tips that we can make? Yeah, so let me uh, let me start with this. I guess we can start with um, let's start with the standings. So I think we'll have a more clearer picture, right? So as of right now, and this is not including the games that uh, went off today or final between the Red Sox and, and I think the A's are playing also. But um, so the Red Sox and the Rays are pretty much battling for that AL East division, and right now the Rays have the lead in the ALS div- uh, AL East division um, by here. I should have pulled this up. Give me one second here. They are up by one and a half games right now over the Red Sox. So both of these teams right now have 65 and 64 wins. So I think if, if this kind of stays consistent, one of these two teams is going to be that first AL uh, wildcard position. And then the second one is where it gets really interesting for uh, that wild card race. So we're, we're looking at right now, the A's would be taking that second spot, the second wild card spot in the American League. And then you have kind of, uh, you can say three teams that are kind of battling for that second spot uh, in the wild card race. And then I also threw the Angels in there just because who knows, maybe Otani really carries his team into a wild card spot. But those three teams right now are the New York Yankees, who are two games back, the Toronto Blue Jays, who are three games back, and then the Seattle Mariners, who are also three games back, and then you have the Angels, who are six and a half games back. Uh, for the Angels, it might be a longer shot, and the odds are kind of indicative of that. We'll get to that in a second. But I think really, uh, Malcolm, this is a pretty much a three-horse race or pretty much a four-horse race for that second spot uh, in the American League wildcard standing. So. Uh, just to be clear, they raise if the Rays and Red Sox keep uh, alternating for that first spot, they pretty much have a three-game lead on that second wild spot. So, um, one of those two teams, both of those teams should make the playoffs, and the uh, percentages are indicative of that. But it's really where it gets interesting is that second spot with the teams that I just mentioned. Yeah, well. Firstly, Moonaf, I'm not that convinced about the Red Sox. I, I've looked at things today. Obviously, been over on fan graphs, looked at the predicted odds, percentages to make the playoffs, and things like that. Um, and then looking at a, a bit more advanced, uh, you know, I quite I like the um, I like my Pythagorean sort of standings, the the adjusted win loss, um, which gives it it kind of introduces the luck metric. Um, and the the other thing I've looked at today is something that called um, it's called base runs, uh, which is just the expected runs for a game. So you can take a take an individual game, um, the pitch inside and the bat inside, and look at how many runs the team should have scored and conceded, uh, and then looking at the standings above that. And they kind of back up this Pythagorean thing. So that the Red Sox have kind of been rather lucky, Moon. Off, um, yeah. So. They're at 64 and 45. Um, they've got a Pythagorean 59 and 50, which is a bit tighter. Uh, and then on this base run thing, they it's 56 and 53. So they're eight games above. They've won eight games more than they should have done, really. The only other team that's comparable to this, and it's worth bearing in mind because you've just mentioned them, is the Mariners. Now, we didn't expect the Mariners to be up there. So the fact that they are tells you that there's something uh, being awry. And the thing that's been awry is they've won all these games that they probably shouldn't have won. Um, 
So all luck to them. They've 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 rolled their luck. Uh, they've made their own luck absolutely fine. But the Red Sox, that stat, coupled with the fact that they've just started to wobble. You've already mentioned that they've started to wobble. Um, and the Blue Jays coming up this weekend uh, could really uh, could really rattle the the Red Sox. I think a little bit. Um, the Yankees are an odd one. I watched a little bit of the Yankees game last night, and it just made me laugh. There was such a, a crystal clear example of the New York Yankees, and it was the first inning of the game. Baltimore scored two in the top of the first. They were two nothing up. You'd still fancy the Yankees to overhaul them, which they did. They, they won 10 to three. Um, but I think LeMahieu grounded out early on, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Rizzo came up and he's facing Matt Harvey, uh, who we joked about recently that he'd gone 18 scoreless, but he's eminently hittable. Um, his ERA is six point something. And Rizzo absolutely worked him over, uh, got ahead in the count. He ripped about three down the right field line. One just missed the foul pole. Uh, one went up into the stands, but it was foul. Um, he ripped another one foul. Then he drew, he got the count full. And in the end, he, he, he belted a base hit. Um, it was an eight or nine pitch at bat uh, and he was on. And it was a textbook example. Um, but this is what we need to do. This is what we should be doing. This is what we're capable of doing against this pitcher. Aaron Judge then came up uh, just took his wild swing at the first pitch he saw and grounded into the double play. And he just thought, if you just watched anything Rizzo's just done, patience, circumspect, work the pitch. This pitcher will give you a chance. And Judge just lumbered up there and then sort of big muscles pounding, bang, one pitch, double play, in and over. And you just thought, just have a bit more, said, take the pitch. Um, and, and yeah, it's one at bat and that's not. Um, you can't. I'm not extrapolating that, but it just it does give you a, a, a example of what the Yankees do. And then, of course, Joey Gallo come then comes up and Stanton, who just did the exact same thing as Judge permanently anyway. Um, so yeah, we're still not. We haven't been convinced by the, the Yankees all season. We mentioned Jameson Tyone, but there's still no pitch in. They didn't do much about it um, at the trade deadline. So I certainly wouldn't be touching the Yankees. Um, there's one team that stood out for me, but I realise I'm absolutely rabbit non-moon off. So uh, did you did you make a pick in this section then? Was there a team that jumped out for you? I, I think I'm in agree with, agreement with you, but I get I, kind of going back to the Yankees and, and we can kind of uh, deep dive more into these, some of these teams is that with the Yankees, if you kind of take a look at their lineup on paper, I mean, you would assume that like last night, they were able to come out and put up seven, eight, nine, ten runs per night, right? And I think that they're capable of doing that. Uh, it's just, I think, a prime example of what you just said, what the difference is between Anthony Rizzo's approach to batting and then what is Aaron Judge's approach to batting and same thing with Stan, right? With Judge and Stan, they're looking up there just to hit the crap out of the ball and try to get it over the fence. It's not to get on base and, and try to get the next guy up and, and let the next guy up do do his job. With Anthony Rizzo, and this is why I respect him as, as a great baseball player, like you just exactly what you just said is that he will grind out in that bat. He'll make the right decisions. If he needs to take the walk, he's going to take it and get on base. It's not like some of the power hitters, you know, and not just Judge and Stanton. We see other guys in, throughout the MLB that just want to get up there and get as many home runs as they can. And that, that's not going to translate to win. So, I believe, uh, I forgot who's, I think Scott, when we had Scott on, he's the one that said that maybe the Yankees need to play small ball, you know, with, with getting on base, bunting and, and hitting for average, and then 
eventually your guys that are going to hit home runs are going to do that for you, right? And we've seen examples of that. Mind you, again, it was against the Baltimore Orioles. But, I mean, their pitching is bad. But, I mean, you know, I think that they need to have a more of a patient approach to uh, at least at, at the plate. Um, and as far as their pitching, yeah, you know, Severino has been supposed to be coming back. I mean, we don't know what they're going to get out of him when if he does come back. Um, but, uh, yeah, Garrett Cole, you know, without the sticky stuff, has been struggling a little bit. Um, you know, he, they paid him, what, three north of $300 million. So if they're able to – if he's able to get back into Cy Young form and being the dominant pitcher that he was with the Astros, um, you know, if Severino comes back, I think they have a, maybe a good chance of, you know, making a run in the playoffs. But uh, for sure, as a Red Sox fan, I'm not going to back this Yankees team. Yeah, so when I was looking at the all the numbers and the odds, there, there was a, there's a team that stand out to me. Now, I don't know if they're a betting proposition. I would like maybe a slightly bigger price, maybe half a point if a bigger price. I, th- I think I like the A's. Um, I've got to put a line through the Yankees and f- put a line through the Mariners and the Angels for obvious reasons. And this leaves us the Blue Jays. So coupled with the Red Sox wobble in those slightly fraudulent um, numbers that I put up earlier on, I looked at the Blue Jays and like you said, they're, they're not a million miles away for a start and um, they've been closing at pace. They're three games back, which is absolutely nothing. That could be gone by the time we record on Sunday. Um, so again, using base runs, which uh, which we've just um, I've just used to, to take the Red Sox apart, the Blue Jays uh, are completely on the flip side of that. They're um, minus four. That's a 12-game swing of the Red Sox, actually. Yeah. They're, um, they're 56 and 49. Uh, Pythagorean's got them at 64 and 41, uh, which is eight game swing, actually, which is bigger than this base runs, which has them at four, uh, 60 and 45. Um, and again, there's not that many teams um, with a with a minus record up there. The, the Marlins have got minus 10, which is quite incredible, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've bemoaned their look on quite a lot of occasions. Uh, the other team worryingly I think for a lot of other sides is uh, is the Dodgers uh, the Dodgers are at minus five so I think they're going to I think we are going to see them stretch their legs uh, but I think Toronto have certainly got that improvement in them um, and there were some other stats that kind of um, struck me when I, when I was looking through the Blue Jays the second in batting war uh, in the American League, which we've used quite a few times already this year. Uh, they're top in slugging, they're top in Woba, which is a weighted on base average. Now, it's the pitching that's let them down this season a little bit. Um, but all of a sudden, it just seems to have come together a little bit. They picked up Berrios, and I saw, I saw some people wondering why they'd picked up Berrios when they were out of it. Well, they weren't out of it, was the short answer. Um, so I think Berrios can certainly add to this momentum that they're going to build up. Uh, Stephen Matz needs wins. He's been uh, he's been up and down this season. Won last night. Uh, got that win against um, the, the Indians. Indians, I think. Yeah, yeah, last night. He got another win. Uh, Ryu's been better. Alec Manoa, we talked about, uh, is one time under the radar rookie who is now no longer under the, ra- under the radar rookie. They've got six starters. Um possibly on their roster resource at the moment. Now, I don't think they're going to go to a to a six-man um, rotation, but the four I've just mentioned, uh, Manoa, Mats, Berrios and Ryu, then you had Robbie Ray, who's been there, stood. Now, I've seen Robbie Ray as well, because I've, I've talked Robbie Ray up a lot uh, this season, and um, I've seen him into 30-1 to one now for Cy Young. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about much bigger prices. He's starting to be a kind of a workable price. He's just he's just creeping in uh, to the to the dark horses round about there. Uh, and Ross Stripling's the other one who, or maybe if anyone, he might be the one who I think has to go, uh, or they might even put him into long relief, something like that. So I, I don't mind that rotation at all. So um, the bullpen needed help uh, again. Another another constant thread on this on this pod recently has been uh, Joaquim Soria from the Diamondbacks um, who went to the Blue Jays in, at the trade deadline however he's gone straight onto the uh, onto the IL with finger inflammation so they could do with him getting back I think just a 10 day job um, but yeah Jordan Romano needs to hold hold the fort down there so yeah there was quite a lot of things that uh, that pointed me towards the Blue Jays possibly overhauling your Red Sox moon off does that upset you or uh, are you you not bothered yeah, definitely there are some concerns with the Red Sox, right? I mean, we're just kind of all waiting for Chris Sale to come back and, and you know, the pitching to get better. But the bigger concern for the Red Sox right now is is the batting. So hopefully it's just a, a funk that they're in right now. But, uh, you know, as far as the Blue Jays, let's not for, also forget that they did pick up Brad, uh, Brad Hand uh, in their rotation. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry in their bullpen did, yeah. also, right? So, you know, having him and uh, Joaquin Soria, like you mentioned, hopefully he's back from the IL very soon. So those are two pretty good arms that they added into their bullpen. And when you have that, you know, the um, the pitching depth, especially in the rotation, like you talked about with the Blue Jays, um, you know, with I think the Barrios pickup was huge. I think the other night he, he, had sh- he threw a shutout, uh, I think, in five or six innings. So that's pretty good. Um, and, and having the six starters, you know, you're, you have that flexibility of moving one of these guys down into the bullpen. Like you mentioned, you know, if it's going to be a long reliever or a guy that comes in for an inning or two, something like that. Um you know, not not the pitching depth like some like teams like the Astros have, but um, you know this is a good problem for them to have. So hopefully their manager is able to figure it out. And then I think another thing for the Blue Jays, I mean, getting George Springer back was huge for them, also, right? I mean, he's been hitting home runs for them. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So- I had I've, I had George Springer on one of probably my biggest fantasy team. Um, so I was desperate to get him back. So obviously I've been keeping a closer eye on him. And every morning when I when I stick the scores up, George Springer now has a lot of numbers next to his name. Um, he started hitting tickets. They moved him up. He, he was um, he was batting sort of four or five yeah. while he got back into his groove. They put him back to the lead off spot. Yeah. Um, I think he's picked up one or two steals this week. Uh, so yeah, Springer doing a little bit of everything, and that's going to be huge. Yeah, and then when you obviously when you when you pair that with. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette that's in the uh, in the lineup for them and all along with the other guys that they have um, you know they're primed to you know offensively I'm not worried about this team like you mentioned it's everything about their pitching so um, they, they have the guys they have the arms you know picking up those two guys in the bullpen is going to be huge for them so I think this is one of the teams that I do like and right now just for betting odds uh, they are sitting at plus 155 to make the playoffs. Um, obviously that's probably going to be in a wild card spot, like we're discussing. Um, but you never know. I mean, if some, one of these teams like the Yankees or the blue Jays are able to, you know, rattle off seven, eight wins in a row, or maybe like, you know, 10 out of 11 or 12 games, they could probably be in that conversation for that ALS AL East division. I think like the national league West, where you might have three teams that make the playoffs. I think uh, uh, the American league East is another division in the AO where you can have three teams making it into the playoffs. So, um, you know, I like the blue Jays. They're a fun team to watch, uh, especially the way they swing the bat. Um, did you want to get to the Oakland A's? I mean, I, I'll quickly say that I don't really have much faith in them because what exactly thing that you put down in our show notes, because they, I don't believe in their batting, right? I mean, they have games 
where they can put up seven, eight runs, but then they, they go back to being shut out or only putting a one or two runs. And I just don't think that the pitching is there for them either. Um, you have some guys in this rotation, Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett. Uh, I, think, I think the bigger disappointment for them has been Frankie Montaz, but I just don't believe uh, the A's are going to make this uh, make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to catch the Astros in the AL West either. No, you're absolutely right. It's the, the, that batting average is way down at 233 uh, for Oakland, which is completely and utterly unsustainable. Uh, so certainly for me, at the price, um, they're just way too short. I mean, they, they've, I watched their game last night against the Padres. They, they came back from 3-1 down in the ninth and then walked it off in the 10th. It was uh, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, I quite enjoyed watching uh, Mark Mellon Cohn uh blow that save because I'm still been cheering on uh, Alex Reyes and my 50 to one about him. Um, but I think the years are way too short. Um, the Blue Jays, I've kind of just talked myself into it. I said at the top of this segment that I might want half a point bigger, uh, maybe a plus 200 uh, rather than a plus 155. But the more and more we've talked, yeah. uh, the more that the uh, that 155 seems uh, quite attractive to me. So, um, yeah, that that would that would appeal to me. I mean, if you can shop around, if you can find a little bit of a bigger price, maybe a plus one seventy five or something. Um, you've got the the two odds there at thirty nine percent to make the playoffs. So you're getting you're getting absolutely fair value. Like, um, and sometimes the the odds are right. You, you don't know. You're not expecting uh, the bookies to to make a mistake, uh, and that that looks absolutely spot on. So that's a fair price. You you, you pay your money and take your choice on that one. Um, so uh, anything. Sorry, yeah. Guadalupe. I'm sorry. Uh, one more point that I did want to make was I also put the strength of schedule in our show notes yes. here. And, I, and you take a look at the both these teams that we're talking about. Oakland A's have the seventh toughest schedule remaining, and then the Blue Jays have the eighth easiest. So I think that's a, a significant thing that kind of plays into uh, uh, you know teams that are making a, a push for the playoffs. So um, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, I think that we're in agreement with the Blue Jays. Um, the Yankees, I, I think, offensively, and I will say this with my unbiased opinion, is that. I think they have the capability of, of making a run for that second spot in the, in the, in the wild card. Um, but the offense is there. We know that the bats that we, that they have in their lineup, we've talked about again for, for, I think the theme of our podcast has been is that it, it really is coming down to pitching for a lot of these teams. And I, I think for example, where you kind of look at, I think the Dodgers are a great example of this is that one of their strengths all season long and coming into the season was pitching. Now, what did they go out and do at the trade deadline? They added one of the best pitchers, again, to their rotation. So, and for the Yankees not to do that at the trade deadline, I think that may be a downfall for them. But uh, for sure, offensively, I think they can also make a push um, uh, for that second wild card spot. Absolutely, Munaf. You sound like you are ready to win money. So if you are, and boost your odds at the same time, WinBet is now live in Colorado. Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. All your favorite teams, players, sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA. That's a lot of letters, that. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. Boosted parlays, live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Uh, Premier League starts next weekend. We'll be getting stuck right into that. Uh, West Ham to beat Newcastle will absolutely be everyone's luck of the weekend and every weekend from there on in. Download the WinBet app now. Visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're brought to you by... 
PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to 1 bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. When making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera, Division Brasilia, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation and the CONCACAF qualifiers featuring the stars from the US and Mexican men's national team, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowd and history is made. The World's Games live here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. I did not, Moon. I expected to wear, read that little um, football promo. I hadn't pre-read them because I am a thoroughly unprofessional man. Uh, and then they threw in all those um, Brazilian and Italian things with a little pronunciation guide underneath. But I just went for it. Did you notice? I didn't even notice because you're a professional. You're you're uh, you're in uh, European over there, so you, there's no issues for you. I mean, I've I've listened to some of the other podcasts on SGPN. These guys are really struggling saying Syria, <laughs> Italia, Syria, and Syria, and and they're really struggling struggling saying Christian. They're saying they're Pulisic or Pulisic or. Um, I don't know. What yeah, I, didn't, saying, I think but... it's a hard C rather than a chit on the end. I yeah. don't think he's a Pulisic. I think he's yeah. a Pulisic. Yeah, Pulisic. I do like him. He's a very good player, though. I enjoy watching him. Yeah, that's Captain America for us. So uh, yeah. hopefully we get back on the on the football map very soon. But I was going to mention something else, but I completely forgot. But we can move on. Regarding what? You have, you've, you've, you've actually forgotten. You haven't remembered now. It's something about, uh, I think it was something about football. Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, did you see the messy news? I just saw that around about an hour ago, yeah. yeah what uh, do you think? Well, Barcelona have got themselves in an absolute mess, haven't they? they could, they've got no money. Yeah. They've spent all the money. All the money. They've had it and they've spent it. They've got none left, um, which is... A lot of clubs do that, but they get away with it by hook or by crook or by being owned by a, a, a state, uh, a government state or something like that. Uh, mm. But yeah, they've got no money, so they can't afford him. Um so it's been a hell of a, a hell of a run he's had. He's been obviously a generational talent. Uh, yeah. Are you are you a Messi or an Ronaldo man, or do you just happy to watch both? You know, I, initially when I had like first gone into soccer, like when I was younger and I heard about Ronaldo and Messi, I was a Messi fan. But then I started watching more and more of Ronaldo, and right now for me, it's just like me just watching these two guys and just appreciating how great they are. Because I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about soccer because I really don't. But it almost seems like 
we may never see generational talent like these guys ever again. So uh, it, it's just amazing to watch. I know we were talking about it in the soccer Slack channel, uh, uh, but uh, where do you think he ends up? Um, well, there's only two real uh, options, I think, because of the money. It's the, it's the money thing. Yeah. There's, Italy really isn't awash with money. Uh, so he either goes to Paris Okay. Um, or Manchester City, the two state-owned football teams who really just want to show off lovely, shiny things. They've got money is no object and they like to show off shiny things. Manchester City have just bought Jack Grealish, yeah. uh, who was one of the stars of the Euros for England, for £100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, And they could easily go out and spend the same again uh, on Lionel Messi. It's his wages is a bit of an issue. Um, I don't think he'll be coming to Newcastle on uh, 300 grand a week. I'm not sure we'll, uh, we'll open the purse strings up to that extent. So um, I think he'll end up with PSG. He's got, it's got that look about it. It's a bit of a, I don't know the word, a mercenary is probably not the right word. It's probably a little mm-hmm. bit harsh on Messi because he's been a, a one club man for a long time. But PSG is a bit of a mercenary club because there's no competition in that country whatsoever. They might get, two good games a year against Marseille. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Maybe Leon give them a game every now and again. But they can pretty much walk to that title, or they should do. They didn't actually last year. But yeah, I think he'll end up in PSG just for, just because of the money and that Manchester City have just spent all that money on a very similar player, a similar position in Jack Grealish. There's our soccer segment for the week. Yes, <laughs> football. I know you were laughing at me. I was uh, trolling the Newcastle United Twitter account this week, like I always do, and I saw you uh, <laughs> chirping up on there, me just giving them a little bit of stick. But <laughs> back to the baseball, Munaf. Uh, I, I can't get into that. I'll be out the window. Um, some Crosstown series caught your eye this week, Munaf. Yeah, not much stood out this week, but I think there's you know two uh, Crosstown ones between the uh, the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox, I think that series might not be as fun to watch because, you know, the players for the Cubs are not there anymore. Uh, But, you know, still worth mentioning. And then the other one is going to be between the uh, two L.A. cities with the with the Angels and the Dodgers, you know, Otani going at the Dodger Stadium. I think that'll be something fun to watch. The surprise is that 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 Sunday night game is in between. um, They're not showing the Angels versus the Dodgers. I mean, I think that would do a lot of ratings, but I think uh, I think we might have some preseason football going on at that time. So I think they're, they're probably don't care about having that game over there, but I think the other one that I wrote down, what was it? Um, Giants and the Brewers. I think we might get some uh, pretty good pitching matchups between those two clubs, but uh, yeah, those are the three that kind of stuck out to me. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. The man uh, is still batting a, uh, the man flu and he's still recording DJ end of the week. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry, Moonaf. I'm trying to mute myself, and then I coughed so violently that my finger unmuted myself. I'm about 85% of the way through the go. man flu, so yeah, I will continue to uh, make picks and uh, degen activity. Um, okay, so we did okay last week. It's yeah. picks time, Moonaf. This is what the people want. We need to back it up now. This is the thing. We need momentum. Momentum is a real thing, Munaf, and we're going to prove it this week. Um, are you going first or second? I'll go. I'll go first. So you give your voice yes. a little. Uh, little give your uh, voice a second to uh, get back here. Uh, Eric, go. Uh, so this week for our picks, I'll start it off. I'm going to go with my lock that is going to be tomorrow night, Friday. Uh, Mets money line versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Marcus Stroman is on the mound for the Mets versus Kyle Gibson. 
You know, I'll be honest. I, I There's two trades that kind of flew over my head was the Kyle Gibson trade to the Phillies and then jo- uh, John Lester to the Cardinals. Because when I was looking at some of these uh, games last week, I didn't realize that these <laughs> these two guys had switched clubs. But um, regardless, yeah, Mets money line versus the Phillies on Friday. Marcus Stroman, like I said, great numbers all season. But it's not really translated to wins for him because of the lack of run support like we talked about in the last you know, four of the last five starts, uh, four of his last five starts, the four losses that he had in those games, the Mets have combined for four runs for him. So he definitely needs that run support. Um, Stroman is four and four with a 2.57 ERA on the road and an ERA that's even better in night games with so 2.19. Uh, Stroman has four, stri- four starts against the Phillies this season. He's pitched 20 innings, allowed 15 hits and only three earned runs in that span. The Phillies are batting 2-11 against him. Uh, Kyle Gibson gets his second start uh, for the Phillies since the trade. Uh, his ERA is higher on the season um, b- between his home and road splits, right? So when he was with the, the Texas Rangers, his ERA was at 1.77 at home. Compare that to uh, it on the road, almost two uh, runs higher at 3.28. Uh, if the offense shows up for the Mets, I think they should take care of business in that first game of this NL East division game. So uh, lock will be Friday, Mets money line, Marcus Stroman versus Kyle Gibson. And then for my dog, I think this was something, you know, you asked me last week about, you know, the Tigers and the Red Sox. And this week uh, I had to ask you, and that was going to be the Saturday night game between the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees. And I'm taking the Mariners money line. You no, know, like I said, last week I faded the Mariners and Chris Flexen, but that blew up in my face. So I don't want to make that mistake again, but I don't see why Andrew Haney should be favored. And he probably will be because he's pitching for the New York Yankees. Right. Um, and then also being at home. So I don't think he's going to be an underdog. I might just think the Mariners come out as a maybe, Plus in that plus 110, 120, 130 range. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm fading, uh, fading uh, Andrew Haney that's on the mound. In his first start against the Orioles as a Yankees pitcher, he got drilled. He faced the Mariners twice this season as a member of the Angels. He's 0-2 against them. He pitched seven and a third inning and two starts and allowed 12 hits and eight earned runs to the Mariners. The Mariners are hitting 353 in those two starts against Andrew Haney. Flexen, despite having an ERA above five on the road, miraculously has a win-loss record of four and one. So I'm going to back the Mariners Saturday night money line as my dog. And then just to recap, my lock is going to be Friday money line. Uh, sorry, the Mets money line, Marcus Stroman versus Kyle Gibson. Excellent. Love both of those picks, Munaf. I'm Yeah, I never, I'm never averse to backing the Mariners. You always feel like they're going to give you a chance. Of, um, they've... Got an outfielder called Jake Fraley who came back off the IL and he does so much stuff for them. Uh, and Dylan Moore is another player that I like. Um, and yeah, I just still don't, I wouldn't trust the Yankees at all. I think that price might be bigger than you think as well, Moon. I think it might be nearer that 130 uh, rather than a pick em. Uh, So yeah, absolutely wouldn't put you off either of those. Uh, my two... Um, and I'm going to fade your Red Sox again, Moonaf. Sorry, uh, this is Saturday night. This is a this kind of was the perfect storm of. It's one of my guys. Um, it uh, it's a it's a little fade of the Red Sox. So it's it's a double header uh, on Saturday, and it's the first half of the double header I'm going to take. And it's Robbie Ray again uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays against Nick Pavetta of the Red Sox. 
Now, we've already spoke on the pod about uh, the bats from both sides, uh, how the Blue Jays are, are sort of heating up and I think how their record deserves to be a little bit better and how the Boston Red Sox are just wobbling a little bit and maybe have a, a flattering record. We'll say, I'm not going to say fraudulent because it's been good. We'll use the word flattering maybe. And like I say, I've seen Robbie Ray quoted 30 to 1 for some Cy Young stuff. Um, having missed the first month of the season, he's now sitting at 9-5 and five. Uh, with a 3.04 ERA. A different picture from um, he's been his whole career. Um, he toiled a little bit versus Cleveland this week. I uh, watched that game. He didn't. He came out after six innings, but he did throw a lot of pitches. He got up to 100, maybe it was about 118 pitches I've seen him throwing. Um, did only give, give up two runs. He, he really worked. He worked hard. He only, took, he only um, struck out four batters as well, which tells you he wasn't off. Um, what I don't want to happen is that pitch count uh, to get back to him uh, and and set him back a little bit on Saturday night. Uh, he came up against the Red Sox two starts ago, uh, gave up one run on five hits and three walks. Uh, now, Nick Pavetta uh, started really well. Um, everyone was questioning, is this sustainable? And it's just regressed a little bit for him. Uh, he's eight and five with a 4.57 ERA. Uh, and we get a good, we get a good line, uh, a good form line to look at here because two of his last three starts have been against Toronto. Uh, he gave up four runs on 11 hits and then four runs on six hits. Uh, so a similar stat line uh, on Saturday night. Uh, that'll do it for me. Similar stat line and Toronto will win that. So uh, for my lock, it's Robbie Ray against Nick Pavetta in the first half of that double header on Saturday. I've gone a bit wild here, Moonaf. I've gone, uh, I've gone rogue for the second half. Mentioned that we'd be uh, the Diamondbacks would be making an appearance, and I'm taking them on Saturday with Caleb Smith. Um, against Ryan Weathers and the Padres. There's one huge thing that puts me off and I'm just ignoring it. It's never sensible. I'll tell you that right at the end. Um, Caleb Smith is 3-8 and eight, uh, with a 5.04 ERA. Um, immediately doesn't make it ES breakup, I understand. Um, but he's, he was okay in wrong, long relief when he started the season. Um, he had six starts in June. Um, against some good teams as well. Mets, Dodgers, Brewers were all in there. He came out of those six starts with a 2.87 ERA and a 1.18 whip. Uh, since then, he's blown up twice, but they were both against the Dodgers. Uh, one run in on one run, sorry, one inning for five runs and then 1.2 innings uh, for nine runs, I think it was. So I'm... Happy to put a line through those because we're picking a big price dog here. So we'll scrap the Dodgers. Um, I don't think he's got an awful lot to fear from the Padres. They've been sort of bumbling along lately. Uh, Ryan Weathers is four and three with a 3.65 ERA. Um, that's gradually uh, finding him out. He's had a good start as well, but that's just sort of sliding back a little bit. His ERA in July was 6.52 with a 1.81 whip. Uh, and he doesn't go past the fifth inning. He bet, for, a lot of times he doesn't even get that far. His last few starts have been 4 2 2 4. Um, so I'm just hoping that they can, the D backs can stay in this game, stay competitive. The stat that I mentioned that terrifies me is that versus left-handed pitching this season, the Padres are 20 and 9. Uh, so that does not bode well. That does not go in our favour. Uh, but, Moonaf, I am happy to overlook it for the really fancy price we'll get about Caleb Smith and the Diamondbacks. What do you think? Am I mad? I think that those numbers may be skewed or 
I can't say skewed, but uh, I think maybe not having Fernando Tatis Jr. in the lineup, you know, since he's been on the 10-day IL with the shoulder issue that he had. I think when you take a bat like that out of the lineup, that puts more pressure on the other guys to perform because of the void that he kind of leaves. So, um, you know, I, I think that, I, you know, this Diamondbacks team, they're frisky, right? They they don't give up. And and that, that was one of the reasons why I backed them last week. The numbers make sense against the opposing pitcher. I mean, you're going to be able to get some hits and score some runs. So uh, I'm not mad about that. And then, you know, the, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, when we've talked about it today, that volumes on our podcast is that, these are two teams right now at this state of the season where that are going in two opposite directions, right? Um, the Toronto Blue Jays are trying to make a, a run for that uh, second wild card spot. And the Red Sox right now are really struggling offensively. And if Robbie Ray is able to find his form, he's really going to be able to, you know, quiet the bats of the Red Sox and, you know, with, 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 um, the Red Sox struggling, you know, in a seven-inning game, I think they can really squeak that victory out. So uh, definitely going to be a fun series between those two, and I, I don't hate your two picks, especially since you're fading the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. You did say that when I when I mentioned I was fading the Red Sox again that you've got to pick your spots. Yeah. Uh, and this this does seem like a good a good spot, and there'll be other times in the season when we've, we've picked them earlier in the season, so. 100%. Um, Scott Reichel sent his picks in. He was Scotty too hotty when he first came on. Uh, we now know you're going to retrieve him from the fridge a little bit. Uh, he needs to warm back up again. Uh, so Scott has got these picks for us. Hey guys, Skyd here with your lock and dog for the upcoming weekend in baseball. Starting off with the lock on Sunday, I like the Dodgers on the run line against the Angels. Walker Bueller on the mound for the Dodgers. We know how good he's been all season long, but he's been even better over the past month, last month, 33 and one-third innings pitched, 1.08 ERA. I think he'll pitch well once again in this spot. And for the Angels, you have Reed Detmers on the mound. If you've never heard of him, that's okay because he's only made one appearance this season, and he was awful. Four and one-third innings pitched, six earned runs, 12.46 ERA. I think he'll get shelled against this very solid Dodgers lineup. And looking at the home road splits, the Angels are 25 and 28 on the road. The Dodgers are 34 and 19 at home. I think the Dodgers rolled to a nice, easy three-plus run victory. But looking at the underdog bet that I like, I like the Marlins on the money line on Friday against the Rockies in Coors Field. The Marlins have won three of their last four games. Alcantara is pitching for Miami. Last two starts, 13 innings pitched, 2.08 ERA. I think he'll pitch well once again in this spot. And you have Marquez on the mound for the Rockies. The Rockies have lost two of the last three starts by at least two runs. Plus, the Rockies have one of the worst bullpens in the entire league. I think the Marlins sneak a couple of runs across, which should be enough to get the job done, especially at this price. And those are my locks and dogs for the weekend. Other than that, though, let it ride. Okay, thanks for those, Scott. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Download the app, sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And Moonaf, I do believe that's us for the evening. Anything else we need to tell the people? No, I mean, uh, a fun podcast again, you know, that I think we did a great deep dive into that AL East uh, wildcard uh, division, or sorry, the race for that playoff spot. Um, you know, some of these, I know we, had, we were talking about offline about how the NL East is getting interesting, but, um, you know, I'm, even though football is starting, I'm definitely keeping my eye out for sure on baseball and there's going to be value spots for to, to be found. You no, know, because the books might be sleeping because 
college football starting, NFL starting. So we might find valuable spots where we can cash in and these books are sleeping. But other than that, man, I mean, uh, there's just so much going on right now with SGPN, um, with football around the corner. You know, uh, the guys are grinding. I mean, everybody that's part of college football, uh, the NFL, they're just putting in time and work and, and putting up so much content uh, on the website. Uh, so definitely, definitely, if you haven't, check out uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And if you haven't already, I don't know what you're waiting for. I think there's a huge contest that's happening on the app for football season. I think we're going to get more details about that. But other than that, if you haven't left us a rating or review, please do so. Um, we, we can really use uh, the ratings and the reviews for our pod. Um, but other than that, man, that's all I have, Malcolm. Yeah, I think, Moonaf, with, with the football, if – if, uh... If anyone listening wants to get into a league, a fantasy league, uh, a contest with any of the any of the guys, any of the hosts, there's loads of um, things getting thrown out there at the minute. Um, I joined the Guillotine League this week, which um, yeah. Steve Shermer, the god of golf, put up there. Yeah. So Boston Capra and all the boys. So if there's any of your favourite SGP and hosts, uh, you'll find them entering a league there somewhere. If you want to compete again, someone get involved in the trash talk. It's a great way of getting involved. Uh, so there's loads of stuff going on. Uh, best balls wherever you want there's something for you like I say the, the standard I've got the guillotine going so um, yeah the like subscribe rate review all those kind of things and uh, tally site the picks uh, we're still grinding away and hopefully riding this little heater that we've just got on like I say building some momentum up uh, so when football season comes round we'll have a big bankroll to hit it with um, we'll be back recording on Sunday night hopefully uh, with some more winners uh, to dissect for you. Thank you very much, Munaf, for joining me. Sir. Uh, cheers, everyone, for listening. Uh, good night. We'll see you down the road. Mm-hmm.